For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. The opinions of the commentator or commentators are solely those of the commentators and not of CJAD 800 or Aspo Media Radio. Time is 7.06. Welcome to What Keeps You Up Nights, presented by Fuller Landau, a new business program on CJD about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Michael Newton, who's filling in for Josh Miller this week. Welcome, Michael. Hi, thank you. So, uh, how, what is on the menu for this evening? Well, the menu this evening is uh, we're going to have a, a good discussion with Mr. Joel Basili. Uh, we'll uh, we'll let him get into that. I'd just like to start off first of all by uh, wishing wishing all our listeners uh, happy Passover, which is uh, starting this evening, um, and uh, that's uh, that's kind of why I guess I'm here. I'm sitting in for Josh Miller. So yes. For those of you that like Josh's booming voice, uh, <laughs> do not fret. He will be back next week. So. Um, Mr. Basile, we'll turn to you. I know that uh, you've been a Montreal businessman for over 40 years. You've had experience in the startup development and management of businesses. Why don't you maybe give us a little bit of a background, where you came from, your education? Sure. Uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, <clears throat> I came from Egypt in 1965, and I went to Loyola High School. I'm French-speaking, as you can tell by my accent. Uh, f- after my high school, I went to McGill University, Did my uh, started studying in engineering, and then shifted to chemistry because my father uh, bought a company in the barber and beauty supply. I finished my bachelor's of chemistry at McGill and went on to Concordia to do my master's degree studies in uh, organic chemistry. So when you came in, uh, did you come in working for your father's business? Yeah, well, in fact, yeah, we started, uh, yes, yes, since the beginning. I only worked maybe six months at Simpsons. That's a, a store that did close. And I did work also in another company called uh, Armstrong Beverly Engineering, where they used to make uh, shock absorbers. But besides that, it has always been with my father, yes. It's an interesting aspect as we look at, uh, at some of the family business discussions, and we'll come to it a little bit later. Uh, it's always interesting to note uh, how it is to bring in a family member into uh, a family business. Uh, everybody has a different philosophy. I don't know if you have a, an initial uh, contribution to where you think the kids should come in, how they should come in. Well, I nurtured my children since uh, when they were young to work in the family business. So they started working in the family business since they were 13. It's a matter of uh, speaking to them at home about business, taking care of them, caring about them. And then everything comes uh, by itself. They, We are their role model. They don't admit. But uh, when you're young, father, dad knows everything. As you grow up, though, dad knows nothing. And then when you're 25, dad knows maybe something. And when he passes away, I wish dad was here. Yeah. Uh, I guess the one of the advantages of, of working with your children is you get to see them on a daily basis. So uh. Absolutely. My dad is 92 years old and he still works three days a week. And in his office, my son works uh, five days a week, of course. And in my office, I have my daughter and my son-in-law. So as you can see, it's really a, a business that is very, very, very family-oriented. No fights. Why no fights? It's simple. You have to give them a lot of leeway. This is the way they can accomplish themselves. This is the way they feel they do bring an added value to the company, and they do. 
That's the voice of Joseph Basili. He's the founder of uh, telecom provider Colba.net. And uh, this is what keeps you up nights on a CJAD, inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Michael Newton, who's filling in for Josh Miller this week. Thank you. Um, I think maybe we'll switch gears a little bit now and we'll, uh, we'll talk about maybe some of your, 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 your startup experience. I mean, obviously you've had some success uh, coming out of the operations with your father. Did that give you a good base for startups? How did you get into starting your own business? Yes, of course. Well, I started with my father. He bought a barber and beauty supply company and uh, we used to make talcum powder. So the mixing machine that makes talcum powder with perfume uh, was not... Uh, very uh, sealed, very well sealed, and we used to come out all white like a, <laughs> like somebody who is doing bread. So then uh, my mother was a journalist, and uh, they made a wax hair remover the, with just a little article in La Presse. It was so successful that Eaton, Simpsons, uh, Morgan, which is the Bay Today, called to have the product, and that made us shift from Barber and Joseph Beauty Supply two hair removers and then we bought a competitor so the hair removers are uh, hair away and the, the competitor was bb cure so my father working with him i developed the skills you know of uh, starting up a business of saving money making sure you know a penny saved is a penny earned this is the 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 rule of thumb to start and then of course we we started going into acquisitions and uh, my father never financed his business. He always grew as fast as the money he had in the bank account, whereas I started uh, financing, you know, certain business by lines of credit, etc. And uh, I can tell you about um, a, a little anecdote where I was looking at a company that was doing $60 million in sales, uh, $4 million in profit, and a gentleman who works uh, with you at Full Orlando, his name is Thierry Glorieux, uh, introduced me to that company and to force my hand he brought me a one million dollar financing on the table he lined up all the financing with uh, Roy Nat and other companies but the company when before we signed the deal lost a 35 million dollar contract which made the, the whole deal fall apart just like to uh, to throw in there that Terry's $1 million uh, financing deal was not a Fuller-Landau contract. That was back in his previous life with uh, GE Capital. Yes, it would, was yeah. asset-based lending. Exactly. Um, let's, take a, let's take another turn. Let's go to 1996. Uh, a startup uh, of, a, of a different venture, completely out of uh, the hair wax uh, <laughs> removal systems. Yes, so I started my first year at McGill in engineering, but in order to have uh, to work with my dad, I shifted to chemistry. So I always told my children, I think you should go either to be a lawyer or an MD. My daughter listened to me and she did her master's in pharmacology and her MBA. My son said, uh, know that I would like to go into computer programming. Uh, so he did his computer programming and his MBA. And I told him, okay, son, you won't run away from the family business. We will start do a little startup in uh, an, an ISP business. It was a tremendous success because in 1996, that was the beginning of internet. We offered the dial-up business for 1995, a dial-up connection, unlimited. And people were practically kneeling down to have you know access to the internet then came the the, the days when bell and videotron had a quasi monopoly and oligopoly on high speed which is adsl and cable five megabits that everybody knows and uses today so 
we 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 used we resell white label the bell service which is five megabit but <clears throat> a good thing happened at turn of events the crtc obliged bell canada to offer to all the companies that will become CLEX, which is competitive local exchange carriers which means telecom company so bell is an ILEC. it's the incumbent we are the competitors so anybody who is who applies to become a, a CLEC, they must offer him space in their co-location centers and this is the 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 central telephone system which means if let's say if you live in dollar disormo the telephone company is where your telephone wire starts so they have to give you room in one in the co-location center where you you want to go there is a barrier at entry it's expensive uh, it's complicated to fill out the papers but once you're in there the and that you offer your your adsl service it's much cheaper there is a much bigger profit and we offer adsl 2 plus which is much faster than adsl 24 megabits uh, at 17.95 unlimited all you can eat buffet type (laughs) (laughs) So we'll get in in a second. We have to take a break, uh, Joseph Basili, but we'll get into more about the kinds of services that Colba.net provides. If you have any questions, the number is 514-790-0991. Star Talk on Bell Mobility. CJD time is 7.15. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back, 718. What keeps you up nights on a CJAD, a new show all about business people just like you who have struggled and managed to succeed in the end. Dan Delmar, along with Fulolando's Michael Newton, who's sitting in this week for Josh Miller, uh, who's off at his Passover dinner, which is where I'll be going in a few minutes after the hour's done. And our guest this evening, Joseph Basili, he's the founder of telecom provider Colba.net. Thanks, Dan. Um, I think we'll we'll continue along the lines of the of the startup that we were talking about before with Colba. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot of listeners out there who are probably very curious what it's like to try and get a business off the ground. So, uh, Joseph, if you might want to speak a little bit to the discussions of, of organization, people, some financing. There's a lot of factors that go into it. Yes, I think it's very important to start with a bit of money. So you have to start saving and learn that a penny saved is a penny earned. Bankers, as everybody knows, will lend you money when it's sunny. They will lend you an umbrella, I should say, when it's sunny. So you should let the market dictate what it wants. It's much harder than, it's much easier than to try and offer a product that would be accepted right away. So one should start slowly and whatever the, the secret whatever works in a small size will work in a large size you first do a test market if it works then you go bigger step by step but do not think that advertising on tv will launch a product that did not sell because you you were selling it let's say in 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 one two five or ten stores if you put a product on a shelf and you see that it moves then it means when you put a product on a shelf it's a small ad the size of the package then if you go into a a newspaper it's a larger ad and when you go on tv it's a larger audience of course but if it does not sell in a store it is difficult to have it sell on a large size for example in um, in my uh, health health and beauty aid life i wanted to sell a hairspray so a large can so we we i bought a competitor 
that was was selling in 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 uh, hairdresser salons and sold it much cheaper in three Jean Coutu stores. It was a 600 ml uh, can. It's so at 2.99 it sold right away. So we made our own brand called Innovation, and it took one year to be number one in the Nielsen reports ahead of L'Oreal, etc., etc., for a period of nine years in a row. So the trick, whatever works in small, works in large. Otherwise, you have to advertise very heavily to have the product moving. I think when you talk about advertising and marketing, I think it's an interesting to point that a lot of people get lost at what their target market really is. I mean, at the end of the day, what are you trying to provide? You're trying to provide a product to a group of people that you hope are going to buy it. And, and I mean, we had a discussion a little bit earlier in terms of, of being in the wrong place or being in the wrong location. Yeah, you have to be at the right place at the right time. You have the four Ps, which is price, product, place, and promotion. And of course, there is a fluke. There is luck. Today, the world is so competitive. Uh, so the young people who want to go on business should be much more cautious than when we started 40, 45 years ago. Because today you deal with oligopolies. Whatever you take, if you take the, the largest uh, software companies, the uh, if you have, if you talk about Apple, uh, Research in Motion, Microsoft, etc., it's, it's all oligopolies. So you have to start very, very cautiously. And if it works in small, it will work in large. Well, if we take your experiences, I mean, obviously, Colba grew uh, not only by the hard work, but also grew through acquisition. So if you're going to compete with, uh, I guess, the bells of the world, uh, what, you know, what was the success and, and what drove you to, 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 to do some of the acquisitions? Well, definitely acquisitions. Of, uh, I would like just like to backtrack, you have to find a niche, and this is what we found with ADSL2 Plus that we we offer at $17.95 a month if the customer pays the whole year upfront. But then, of course, growing by acquisition makes you have economies of scales, and uh, if you have the cash flow, if you get the financing, you can grow much, much faster by acquiring. You save years and years of your life. We're talking with Joseph Basili, the founder of uh, telecom provider Colba.net. If you have a question for Mr. Basili, the numbers are 514-790-0991 and StarTalk free on Bell Mobility. What keeps you up nights on CJD? For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to What Keeps You Up Nights, a new business program on CJD about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business, presented by Fuller Landau. And uh, my name is Dan Delmar. Sitting in for Josh Miller this week of Fuller Landau is Michael Newton. And our guest this evening, uh, Joseph Basili. He's the founder of uh, telecom provider Colba.net. And I was uh, mentioning to Mr. Basili during the break that one of the things that's so interesting about you uh, is, is really how you're almost a natural entrepreneur. Uh, you're mentioning some of your past business experience. Of course, now you have Colba.net, but you were in... in um, Hair care products. I mean, uh, how do you uh, how do you apply those same skills across all businesses? Well, they, they, you, you, when you're a good businessman, you're a good manager, you're a good marketeer. When you sell a product, it's the, the same rules do apply. When you're a businessman, you are not a technical person. You let technical people. I know very little about engineer about uh, the ISP business in the technical side of it. I am a chemist. I did bench chemistry, so creating formulations, etc. 
I know per- very well how to do. But when you build a business, it's not by being a good chemist that you build a good business. It's by being a good business person. A good business person is a good manager, somebody, a team leader, so somebody who knows how to bring people together and offer good service. All the rules that I think would come naturally to any person that, you know, that has a good common sense. I think if you take the people angle, and and I'd like to maybe explore a little bit the acquisition side and the people side, obviously when you pick up a company, you're not just picking up a product, you're picking up a team that comes with it. Um, The integration of uh, people within an organization, uh, I'm sure there's more than a few entertaining, maybe not so entertaining stories about uh, about integration. Well, yes, of course, sometimes there is a challenge. I know that big uh, pharmaceutical, big pharma... uh, acquisitions have a cultural clash they always talk about culture if it's a german company who buys a mexican company etc so there you have a big clash but if it's within montreal within within canada the most important is to give room to everybody everybody has to feel that they bring something to the table that they are welcome it's a friendly environment there are no fights etc when people are happy they they want to bring as much as they can to the table and this is the i think the 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 way to to succeed with a new acquisition i think it's interesting mr basili i mean if i obviously you've you've had 40 plus years in business but i listen to some of your philosophies and i would think you're somewhere around the age of 30 based on the open-minded approach dealing with people uh, you know, as we all know, that intergenerational uh, issues have created more than their fair share of uh, of problems along the way. Um, do you see any kind of major cultural clashes? I mean, obviously, you're going from the pharmaceutical side to it as a very, very young base in the in the telecom business. Yes, you're absolutely right, and uh, of course, you you try to have uh, people. We have uh, a little bit of white hair, so gray hair <laughs> in between to to speak to younger people because for younger people, especially especially a few years ago, I was a dinosaur and they only get to respect you when you stay in business, when they see that your business model does work and does sell and does answer their needs. So today, young people want speed. They want to be able to download unlimited as much as they want without having to pay a high price. And, uh, and this is what we offer. So it's always respect. Very, very simple. Okay. When you go to market to do an acquisition, what are you looking for? Okay. Most important, they have to be complementary. You know, when you talk about ISP, for example, internet service providing, you don't go and buy an ISP in California. If you're in Montreal, you have to buy the ISP in Montreal, ideally, and you have to have economies of scale uh, in human resources and economies of scale in services. So instead of having a hundred servers, well, you put everything on 50 60 servers so by economies of scale and of course mike you know that quite well this is what gives you the big profit we're in conversation with joseph basili he's the founder of telecom provider colba.net if you have a question for joseph about his business or about entrepreneurship in general uh, you can chat with uh, furlough landau's michael newton it's a great time to get advice if you are a business owner 514-790-0991 that's 790-0991 star talk star 8255 on Bell Mobility, and you can even text your message to 514-800. CJD time is coming up to 7.30. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. The opinions of the commentator or commentators are solely those of the commentators and not of CJAD 800 or Astro Media Radio.
Welcome back, 732 on Montreal's News Talk leader, CJAD 800. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Florlando's Michael Newton, who's sitting in for Josh Miller this evening, who's off uh, having a great meal for Passover, which is where I'll be headed in a half hour. And uh, this is, of course, what keeps you up nights, a new business program on CJAD about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. And our guest this evening is Joseph Basili. He is the founder of a telecom provider, Coba.net. And among other things, he's been involved in uh, cosmetics products, a very varied uh, business background, Michael. And I guess it, it just it goes to show you that um, uh, successful businessmen can apply uh, their strategies across all kinds of different businesses. 100%. I think the, the discussion of a, a successful businessman, uh, what makes a successful business person, an entrepreneur, uh, will work in one industry or another industry. I don't think it's an industry specific. I mean, obviously, the expertise uh, certainly helps. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think some of the most successful business people have been those that have surrounded them themselves with the right people. Uh, those of you that missed the first half an hour, and Dan, I think you'll agree with me, is certainly a fascinating uh, uh, look into Mr. Basili's uh, past. Uh, I think maybe we'll continue along the vein of, of discussing uh, acquisitions, uh, but I think really from the financing aspect of it, and not necessarily in the, the Colbert or the technology field, but just a general concept, if you will, in the financing aspects. Sure. <clears throat> when you when you start, of course, the, the, there are a few financings uh, that are available. One, of course, is what you call love money, so family will lend you money, and if you lose that money, they, they won't put you in jail. Uh, then you can mortgage your house and this you have to give your personal guarantee but at least uh, they can't call the recall the line of credit which I'm getting to and of course maybe most of you have heard about that but uh, the first asset you have is your house so when you start a business to start with your own money, see if the model works. If it works, then to grow and to to upsize, to grow the business, you can borrow. Now, one thing you have to be very cautious of is the line of credit. When I got a line, well, <clears throat> about 30 years ago, I got a three, four $400,000 line of credit. So I started spending, thinking that as long as I don't reach the limit, which is three or four hundred thousand, I was okay. But the bank manager called me. I had partners at the time, and he said, uh, "Mr. Basile, I would like to meet you." I said, "Sure, with pleasure." Well, next week, he said, "No, no, no. It's kind of right now." So. I said, okay, come over. And he said, you're above your limit. And I said, no, I'm only at uh, 250,000. And then I understood that uh, you have to give in collateral, let's say 75, you can you can get as high as 75 or 80% of your account receivables, 25 to 50% of your inventory. And I was above that limit. So within the next day, I had to put up some of my own money that I borrowed from my father uh, in order to do his to satisfy the bank manager. So when you start a business, go with term loans, not with lines of credit. Well, I think the it's a good point in terms of the line of credit. The common misconception is, is whatever's been approved is the extent to which I can borrow funds. And I would have to say, Mr. Basili, that you are not the only uh, Montreal entrepreneur or, or anywhere else that's had a call from the bank telling them that they were over their capacity uh, and have had a rude awakening even though they still had room left on their margin. So uh, dealing with the financing uh, is probably one of the most harried and stressful sides of, of, of being in business. Yes. 
Okay. Um, I think we'll, we're going to move on a little bit to uh, exporting products. So I think uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll jump away from the ISP and go back to the the previous life. Um, you've had some extensive uh, experience with exporting out of Canada to over twenty or twenty five different countries. Um, where do you begin? How do you decide where to go? It's simple. <laughs> we we export a line of called Alpen Secrets. It's a bath line. The way to find customers is going to shows. So if you go to a, a Toronto show, you will find customers in Canada. If you go to the US, you will find customers from, let's say, North America, South America, uh, maybe Africa. If you go to Europe, you find European customers. So it's by doing the, the trade shows around the world that you find customers, you find agents, etc., and you start growing little by little. You have to support them, of course. It doesn't come fast. It's much easier, usually, to sell in your own backyard than to sell outside. I mean, we live in a global world, no doubt, but I think the business practices in many countries uh, may leave something to be desired. When you go into uh, maybe a less sophisticated uh, country to export your product, what are some of the things that you're looking for, some of the fears that you have on collection? Well, the, actually, they pay up front 50% before we ship and 50% when once it's on the ship. And you do not give the documents to, to unload the ship until the, the whole amount is paid, so you cannot take a chance. And when you buy from China, same story. You pay 30% up front, 70% when the merchandise is on the ship or by letter of credit, 100%. At site, which means that when they give you the bank, we'll only give you the documents to unload the to to unload the stock once you have fully paid the amount. It's fascinating to see that you know Canada on the international scale is known as an exporting country, yet there's so many people that are afraid of going outside, like you've mentioned, outside of their backyard. Um, have you had any horror stories or anything that uh, you would pass on or? In the same token, anything very, very positive. Well, <clears throat> the, 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 the 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 only dark spot is when you you do credit to somebody and you don't you don't get your money. It, it, how can you? You will not sue if you sell. I don't know to South America. You're not going to sue. You just uh, you know you post it to experience. Now the good thing is that from time to time, for example, we we had a little uh, importer in Abu Dhabi who used to place small orders, and all of a sudden we got a. 20 times bigger order recently so we we filled up a whole container and because the the product was well accepted so sometimes you have good uh, good uh, things happen have you had any experience using the edc the export development corporation Yes, uh, yeah, but it's a little complicated because EDC will only insure your exports if you give them a commission on all your exports. And when you peep customers pay upfront, you don't need to insure your um, your receivables. Okay, Joseph Basili is our guest. He's uh, in business in the telecom industry. He's the founder of Coba.net, and as you've been hearing, uh, really a very vast business experience across all kinds of industries. And uh, if you have a question for Joseph or for Michael Newton of Fuller Land about entrepreneurship in general. The numbers are 514-790-0991 or StarTalk free on Bell Mobility. Thanks, Dan. Um, maybe one more topic to finish off on the export side. Um, going into various countries, obviously, there's potential barriers to entry, uh, whether that's political, uh, whether that is uh, you know certain restrictions on the type of product. Uh, do you have any experience? In oh, yes, we're leaving them today. <laughs> uh, Countries will raise their barriers to, in order to protect their home 
to, you know, their home manufacturers. So yes, they, it, it's very complicated. In the United States, for example, the, it, it did happen to us a couple of times. They will deliver the goods to the to the end customer, but then they will say three days later, oh, there is a mistake on your label, hold back the stock. So you have to, in a panic, call the, the customer and time, please don't ship anything because otherwise we are responsible because we forgot to put net weight. We only put the weight without saying net weight. Little things like that. So this is one example. Another ex- in other countries, in countries like uh, South America, the Middle East, uh, Europe, they will ask for um, MSDS, which is the Material Safety Data Sheet. Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of paperwork to prove that the product is not dangerous, etc., etc. Yes, there are a lot of barriers. With when you're talking about the pharmaceutical type products. Um, going into another jurisdiction, are there are there certain uh, quality standards that you have to pass, or was were your products fall into a different category? No, no, definitely, definitely. We, I was in natural, I was more in into pharmaceutical products. Now we're more into natural products and uh, health and beauty aid products, cosmetics. But natural products have become like pharmaceutical products. For example, multivitamins that were that had a din number drug identification number now have an npn which is natural product number in order to get that number you have to submit uh, oh you know the research that proved that the active ingredient you know has such and you can do such and such an allegation yes it's a, it's always a, a thick file that you have to submit because i think from the from certainly from the natural products perspective i think there's a lot of people that feel that once you once you've been approved from a canadian standpoint that you're automatically approved because we all seem to think our standards are so much higher than the rest of the world. Obviously, that's not the case. Well, it is. They have what they call reciprocity. So in some countries, in many countries, if you have a DIN number or an NPN, the country will say, okay, send me all this information, plus I want this and that, just to show that they are better than you. What kind of time frame would you be looking at for an approval? For imp- I don't understand your for question. For the product, when you were looking into, you send your DIN number, you're going to send in the additional information. How long would it take for you to get acceptance to have a product exported or imported, in their case, to their country? From days to weeks. Okay. Sometimes, of course, it's longer than that. It's months. It depends on the jurisdiction. Okay. This is uh, What Keeps You Up Nights on a CJAD, presented by Fuller Landau. Are you a struggling business owner? Well, you can weather the storm, and our guest this evening has done just that in a, in a wide variety of fields. His name is Joseph Basili, and he's the founder of telecom provider Koba.net. If you want to uh, pick Joseph's brain a little bit or um, pick the brain of Michael uh, Newton from Fuller Landau, 514-790-0991, or Star Talk, Star 8255 on Bell Mobility. Thanks, Dan. Um, I think the one of the fascinating sides, uh, uh, Mr. Basili, of, of what you've been involved in and the success of having the family um, with you on a daily basis uh, from generation to generation is something that obviously a lot of entrepreneurs live um, when they come to the country and are, 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 are trying to build uh, the next generation. I think we create an environment uh, in some cases where our kids um, probably not as hungry as uh, the previous generations, uh, which factors its way into the way things go on. I mean, have you had any experience, uh, any of your, your, your counterparts, that where we see a very different cultural bias or a very different work ethic that comes from uh, the next generations? 
In, in our case, we, we have been, my wife and I, very, very close to our children. So if they are listening to the show, I cannot say that they are not as good as the father is. That's, that's why I asked if there was anybody else outside of your family. <laughs> so behind closed yeah. doors. I, no, but uh, to, to be honest, they, they do work hard. Of course, when you come as an immigrant, it's like uh, Martin Luther King said, uh, you, he who shall not work shall not eat. And that was the case. But when you have money, of course, you, you become a little loose more. Well, I think, Mr. you were telling me off air, the, if you don't have any money, you don't eat, uh, don't work. I mean, when you came here, what, was, what did your, your meals consist of initially? <laughs> I, I, I ate a lot of uh, French fries. And so, but um, my parents, of course, took very good care of us. But, of course, you do not, you do not spend your money. You're very, very, very cautious. Excellent. When we come back, Dan, after the break, I think we're going to explore that family aspect in a little more detail. Sure, it's very interesting, and I'm sure uh, it's sometimes uh, maybe difficult to work with family sometimes. We'll ask Joseph about that. 514-790-0991. Your questions for Joseph Basili, a very uh, a colorful businessman and who's uh, the founder of telecom provider Colbo.net. You may get your internet, your TV, uh, your telephone as well from, from Colbo, correct? Yes. Uh, so uh, we'll take a quick break for traffic at 745. on CJD. Welcome back to What Keeps You Up Nights, a new business program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business every Monday night at 7 p.m. Josh Miller from Fuller Land. I was off this evening, so replacing him uh, from Fuller is Michael Newton. And uh, our guest this evening, Joseph Basili. He's uh, a very, uh, I guess, eclectic businessman, and now he's the, um, he, he now currently runs Coba.net, which is a telecom provider. Thanks, Dan. Uh, again, for those of you that are used to Josh's booming voice, uh, don't fret, he will be back next week. So uh, um, I think, uh, you know, talking off air with, with Mr. Basili, it's, it's interesting. Well, kind of, one of the topics that I find very close is, uh, is the intergenerational differences and what drives the Gen Yers, the Gen Xers, the baby boomers. Um, it, it, it's a topic that uh, many books have been written on. Nobody seemed to figure out exactly what the culture is uh, in terms of what drives. We know what the specific drivers to each generation, but we don't necessarily know how to get them all to link together. Uh, Mr. Basili, if you've got a few words of wisdom uh, that maybe you can impart on us, it would be <laughs> much appreciated. Yes, well, it, it's very easy. Today, you must give as much leeway, as much room as possible to all the people in the team. If you take, if you tell them what they need to do, they will not be creative, they will not work hard, and all the work will be on your shoulders. Whereas, if you let them do the work, for example, if somebody says, I have that problem, what should I do? You should return the question, what would you do? What do you suggest and all of a sudden you see that they you know they start thinking and they say we should do this this and that well that's exactly what you should do and the next time they will think before um, asking the question another way is that if you only meet people after 11 o'clock for example the problems usually occur in the morning the questions occur in the morning if you don't answer before 11 o'clock people have to find the solutions by themselves if you have any questions uh, for Joseph Basili or for Michael Newton of Frulo Landau about uh, entrepreneurship in general, if you're perhaps a small business owner or a medium-sized business owner and you need uh, some advice, and now would be a perfect time, 514-790-0991, or start talk on Bell Mobility. And uh, Sean has a question. Sean's downtown right now. Hi, Sean. Yes, hi. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, my question is, uh, you know, being a young entrepreneur, how do you get yourself out there how do you like make the sales because sometimes people don't take you seriously because you're young 
So I wanted to know, like, how do you, how do you get yourself out there and be taken seriously at the same time? Good question. Be be taken seriously. That's your question. Yes. How old are you? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Okay. Number one, you when you make a sale, it's sad, but you have to wear a suit a suit and a tie <laughs> because this is the way people will trust you especially if you're young now of course you have to be sure of yourself and what what would you like to sell um right now i'm working with uh like uh communications i do like corporate sales a communications company and uh i mean i just wanted to know exactly the, uh like how i'd go ahead and go conduct those sales because i mean i have a good product but sometimes it's really hard because they see that you're young and it's it's hard for them to take you seriously. Okay, so start to uh, try to be introduced. See in your family who knows. I don't know if you if you want to sell. Uh, I don't like you. Uh, what? Okay, let's say any product you would like to sell. See who among your friends has a father, a cousin, a friend who is in that business. And this okay. is the way you will start building your network and building your sales step by step. Okay. Uh, thanks very much for the call, Sean. I uh, hope that was uh, that was helpful. Yeah, I think one of the important aspects, and I think it, a lot of people don't realize uh, when you're talking about a sales side, is really building that network. Uh, you know, the old adage, is not what you know, it's who you know at mm -hmm. the end of the day. Uh, I think goes a long way, and anybody who's going to try and get a product out, whether that's themselves or, uh, or, or an actual hard product, you really have to be pounding the pavement. I think you really have to be creating that network. I think credibility is, as you're saying, Mr. Basoli, show up in a suit, show up, you know, respectful, look at who you're selling to, who's your target market, and I think we, we spoke to that a little bit earlier. I don't know if you have any further thoughts. Uh. Well, uh, in the, you know, when you have to wear a suit to, to give credibility, this is the way uh, you will sell to business people. If you are an artist, do not wear a suit. You have to have, you know, a <laughs> gel in your hair and look uh, very relaxed. And by being very relaxed, uh, I, I remember I had a, a guy in computers from California and people who wear a suit are not welcomed and they call them, he is a suit. You have to be cool. This is the key word. But it depends, of course, in what field you are. With the kids in the business, with your children in the business, I guess I shouldn't call them kids anymore, right? Um, with uh, a general statement, I think when we look at bringing the family uh, together uh, in the same office space, uh, everybody has a different philosophy. Uh, certainly one that I like to, to, to push with a lot of our clients ultimately is to have the generation that's coming out fresh out of university to maybe go work somewhere else for a couple of years to get some, get some experience. Do you agree with that? Is it something that you subscribe to? Well, in my case, no, I do not subscribe to that. I prefer to train them in-house because first it's a blessing to have family. You know, when you, you want to recruit, the best people you can recruit is family. My daughter did go out and she did work for six months for a pharmaceutical multinational and then she resigned and decided to come back. But uh, having children, wife, this is the first people you should hire because it's their own business. You can trust them. They work with all their heart. And uh, since I have my son and my daughter, I'm, I have time to, <laughs> to, to get bored. Joseph Basili, our guest this evening, he's the founder of telecom provider Koba.net and a, a businessman with a very varied background. If, if you have a question for uh, Joseph, you can get uh, one quick call in maybe at 514 or start talk on Bell Mobility. What keeps you up nights on CGAD?
Welcome back, 7.55 on What Keeps You Up Nights, presented by Fuller Landau. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's uh, Michael Newton, who's filling in for Josh Miller this evening. And our guest is uh, Joseph Basili. Thanks once again, Dan. Um, I think the uh, to provide a little bit of support and a little bit of uh, thanks to Josh, who runs the show normally, I guess I should pay a little bit of homage to the title, which is What Keeps You Awake at Night. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mr. Basili, I think uh, you could probably feed that in. If you were to start all over again today, um, what would you do different that wouldn't keep you awake at night today? Two, two answers. One, uh, what I would do different, I would do everything on a larger scale because uh, being an immigrant, I am very cautious. I make sure I will never go bankrupt, but you must not let that uh, hinder you from growing the American way, I should say, by acquisitions, leaps and bounds in a cautious way. What keeps you awake at night? Uh, every entrepreneur is in a very, very tough world, you know, very competitive. So you have to be passionate. And when you are passionate, when is it that you think it's at night? Because during the day, you have to solve problems, you have to cater to the day to day. And after hours is when you have time and you, you think you're creative. And of course, oh, no matter what, at night, you don't sleep as much because you are you dream, you have a dream that you do want to make happen. I think he's one of the first guests uh, Joseph is that has mentioned uh, that good things keep him up at night, that, mm-hmm. that passion and that, uh, I guess, creativity, whereas most people are thinking about money problems or, uh, you know, Joseph is up at night creating, which I think is really interesting. I think that uh, to most entrepreneurs, I think sleeping is uh, is basically basically a luxury. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody's definition of sleep. Uh, some people, it's eight hours. If you speak to your doctor, he'll certainly give you the different definition of what most of the entrepreneurs actually sleep. Uh, but I think from a success perspective, I think, uh, you know, it's nice to know, like you said, Dan, that there are positive things that keep people going. And I think your your creative juices, Mr. Basile, if you will, seem to work better when you're not putting out fires during the day. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess maybe just to finish off, um, I think I've spent uh, 21 years in this profession trying to come up with a definition that that holds water in terms of, <coughs> excuse me, of what is an entrepreneur. And maybe I'll let you uh, give me your opinion as to what you think defines an entrepreneur. Okay, an entrepreneur is somebody who who will dare do things that other people will not dare, who will make things happen successfully. So you start like when you start building from scratch, instead of building a home, you build a business. It takes uh, skills in management, it takes skills in financing, it takes skills in marketing. When, you, when you're when a startup, you do all that yourself, or maybe you're two or three. As you grow, then you hire a VP marketing, a VP this, a VP that. But when you're small, you have to be the jack of all trade, period. Hundred percent. I think when I look at uh, what defines the entrepreneur, I think uh, really it's the, the key success is one is decision making ability. I think you cannot be a successful entrepreneur unless you can make a decision. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I think we've seen too many people who have been frozen solid by by uh, overthought. Uh, I think the second is definitely execution. Uh, it's nice to be able to make a decision. It's another thing if you can't put it into uh, put it into play. And I think I've just tonight added a third uh, clear definition, which, as you said off air before, was that passion or the fire in the belly that uh, just because it keeps you awake doesn't mean it's always bad. 
Not at all. It's a pleasure. <laughs> well, I think, uh, Dan, once again, thank you. Thanks for having me sit in for Josh. And Mr. Basili, it's been, it's been a pleasure. Thank no you problem. very much for having me. Uh, Joseph Basili, it's been uh, very interesting. And uh, don't forget, next Monday evening, uh, we're back with another episode of What Keeps You Up Nights, 7 p.m. Monday evening. Don't forget, you can reach Fuller Landau during business hours at 514-875-2865 or visit their website, flmontreal.com. My name is Dan Delmar, and uh, don't forget Josh Miller back next week. Thanks again to Michael Newton and uh, The Ryan Doyle Show coming up next.